0: Thank you girls, a um, wonderful way to engage scripture is by, by singing it. Now we have been in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 for the last few weeks and this Sunday we are stepping over into 1 Corinthians chapter 13. How many of you have read this chapter before, right? Most of us, it's a very familiar passage, uh, we know it as the love chapter, right? But before we dive into 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I think it's important that we review where we've been in the previous chapter because these two chapters are connected. So let me invite you to find a Bible. If you don't have one with you this morning, you can find one in the pew in front of you. And turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and be ready to flip over to chapter 13. On October the 8th, we began an eight-week series over these two chapters, and we've spent several weeks unpacking chapter 12. Now, if you've been with us, uh, this might be uh, not, not be new to you, but if you've not been with us, I think it's important that you understand what is said in chapter 12. Now, Paul, in chapter 12, is writing to the church in Corinth, and they are struggling with spiritual gifts. In fact some in the church are taking pride in the more visible gifts and at the same time they're putting down those people who have less visible gifts. And Paul tells us this is not how it should work and he uses this illustration of a physical body and he says, look a physical body in the same way the church body has many parts and each part has a different function. Every function is important. Every body part is important. I want to read just a few verses from chapter 12 to prepare us to step into chapter 13. If you look in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 4, Paul says, There are many different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one of the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues all these are the work of one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he has determined or just as he he determines in other words god hands out gifts and each one of us have different gifts and each one is important so we have all this in mind kind of as the background as we step into chapter 13 and again, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. They're struggling in a number of ways. And again, he's made the case that every part of the body is important. Now the final verse of chapter 12, Dan, chapter 12 verse 31 says, "And yet I will show you the most excellent way." He's preparing for chapter 13. I like the way the NTE version puts it. It says, "Now I'm going to show you a better way, a much better way, better than what, you might ask." better than taking pride in spiritual gifts, better than celebrating particular aspects of the church body and discounting others, better than each person acting selfishly. And Paul is about to talk about the way of love, and he wants the church to understand how it functions. A healthy church, which is the body of Christ, will look like this, Paul says. And today we're gonna to be looking at just a few verses, the first three verses of chapter 13. You're gonna to have to come several weeks if you wanna get the whole chapter. Uh, Let's read all three verses together and then we'll dig into uh, them. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 beginning in verse 1 says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but to do not have love I gain nothing and these are familiar words most of us have heard them before there's a danger in familiar passages. Sometimes we just let it fly over our heads because we've heard it before. But, but let's slow down this morning and let's look at each of these sayings and let's see what Paul is saying here. First of all, we, we, before we dive into this, we need to understand the word love. Love is an overused and often misunderstood in our word and our culture today. But did you know that the Bible, which was written in ancient Greek, actually has three words in Greek for love. The first word is phileo, and that has to do with friendship, when you love someone in a brotherly sort of love way. uh, The word Philadelphia or the city Philadelphia is the what? City of brotherly love, exactly. So that's not what Paul's talking about here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and then there's a second word for love it's the word eros it's the word where we get erotic and that's romantic love it's sexual love and that's not what paul is talking about in first corinthians chapter 13. the third word that is used uh, is the greek word for love is the word agape have you ever heard that word That's the word that Paul is using in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It has to do with sacrificing oneself. It has to do with putting the other first. So I'm gonna say every time I say the word love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I'm gonna say agape love. And that's what I mean when I say that. So we're gonna dig into these five ifs here in the first three verses. If, if, five times, okay? The first one says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only resounding gong or clanging cymbal. Now, what's the spiritual gift in chapter 12 that the church was elevating to the top of the list? Again, you guys can participate today. What gift was it? Tongues, right? Speaking in tongues. So it seems appropriate that Paul says when he starts talking about love, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love. Gordon Fee explains in his commentary on 1 Corinthians that in ancient Jewish thought that they actually believed that they could speak the language of angels, that angels had a particular dialect and that by the means of the spirit, people could get spiritual enough so they could talk like angels. In fact, um, scholars say that many in the church in Corinth actually thought that they had reached that level. They thought that they were speaking like angels. And so when Paul is saying this, he's not just talking about this platitude, this, this sort of thing that they might one day reach. People in the church in Corinth actually thought they were doing this. And then Paul says, but if you do it and you don't have love, you're like a gong or a cymbal. Now, most musicians know that gongs and cymbals are loud, right? And you have to play them very carefully if you're playing them in an orchestra because if you don't, they will overpower all the other instruments, right? Right? There's also a dynamic in the first century that you and I may not understand and that is that gongs and symbols were often used in pagan worship. And so Christians would not have used gongs and cy- gongs or symbols very often. And so maybe that's what Paul is talking about here today. But I think he's talking about this whole dynamic. If you think of a gong or a symbol, you think of something that overpowers everything else, right? Something that diminishes everything else. And I think it's probably safe for me to tell this story. Maybe somebody's watching online and I shouldn't tell it. But when I was in the church in Muncie, we had a man that used to come to early church. I won't name his name. But he always brought his harmonica with him to church. And he would sit in church, and like most churches in the early service, there are not that many people there. And he would play his harmonica really loud during all the hymns. You couldn't even hear people singing. It overpowered everything. And it was, it was an awkward conversation that had to happen. Um, we gave him a chance to play his harmonica publicly, but we said, hey, could you not bring it every week to church? It was kind of distracting. That's what's going on in the church in Corinth. People are kind of overpowering everybody else. And that's not love, is it? And I think that's what Paul is getting at here. You know, in American culture, we are a, an extremely individualistic culture, aren't we? And I think this challenge should hit, ho- hit home with us You know, we often think of church as another place uh, or another place of consumption, don't we? And if church doesn't offer what we need to feed our spirituality or to meet our spiritual needs, we just find another church that will do that for us. But this is not what church is all about. Paul says that in in church we are the body of Christ and each part has a function and instead of saying what can I do to elevate myself above everybody else I should be asking what part am I and how can I serve the body how can I build up the body you see it's a different sort of mindset than our American consumeristic mindset. We need to serve the body of Christ. And that's what it means to love. That's what agape love is all about. And Paul says, look, you can speak with the tongues of angels. But if you don't have love, you're just a gong or a symbol. You're just overpowering everybody else. You're loud. You're disruptive. Let's keep going. Verse 2. It says, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing these are all good things here aren't they the gift of prophecy i mean paul highlights the gift of prophecy in chapter 14 of this letter he says follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of of the spirit especially prophecy to, to prophesy is to speak god's truth into the lives of other believers again it's a good thing but if you're doing it to elevate yourself then it's not love and it means nothing The second phrase here in this verse talks about being able to fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. That's a good thing to have knowledge, right? And understanding mysteries, that doesn't seem to be a bad thing. But sometimes knowledge can work against what it means to, to follow Christ. In fact, Paul talks about knowledge in the 8th chapter of this letter. He says now about food sacrificed to idols. He says we all know, or we know that we all possess knowledge. He says this though, but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. You see what he's getting at? Puffs up. That's what's happening in the church in Corinth. It's all about elevating, people elevating themselves to some high spiritual level, And that's not in love. And Paul says when it's done that way, it means nothing. And then faith. Think about faith for a moment. Faith is something that Jesus told us to have. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, if you can have faith as small as a mustard seed, but you can say say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. You see, maybe Paul has in mind this, this word of Jesus here. And to have faith is a good thing. So to prophesy is a good thing, to understand mysteries, to have knowledge, it's all good. Mm-hmm. to have faith is something that we all should have. But when these gifts are used in a way that does not build up the church and really elevates oneself, it's not done in love, and Paul says, it's worth nothing. And it's self-focused, it's not how Christ wants us to live. Agape love is putting the other first agape love is submitting ourselves to one another agape love is where we are more concerned about everybody else and we are humbly bringing ourselves to do whatever God has called us to do see it's about posture isn't it it's about how we come to it Paul wants us to build the church up not to be a super Christian more spiritual than everybody else you know that's the case today isn't it some people come to church justify their own spirituality and are rarely concerned about everyone around them let's move on to verse three I I love this verse here he says if I give all I possess to the poor and give my give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love I gain nothing Now, this is really an interesting verse isn't it because we think that the things that are happening here in verse three are sacrificial right I mean can you Do these things and not have love in doing them? Let's talk about each one. The first one here, he says, if I give all I possess to the poor, Gordon Fee in his commentary says it literally reads, if I parcel out all my property for food to feed the poor. What? Could you really sell all your property and give that money to feed the poor and not have love? Paul seems to say that you can. Maybe you're doing it to look good, maybe you're doing it to make yourself feel good, maybe you're not really concerned about the other, and while it might seem like love, Paul says if you're doing it for the wrong reason, then it's not, it amounts to nothing. And then look at the final act here in verse three. If I give over my body to hardship, that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. And to give over one's body might seem like the ultimate act of sacrifice. But Paul says if you do it without love, if you do it without the right motivation, if you do it without the right posture, without the right heart, then it doesn't mean anything. True agape love is really about the other. It's about loving God, And it's about loving other people now we might notice that all of these actions are good right and paul and the church will continue to do all of these things they're going to speak in tongues they're going to prophesy they're going to seek to understand the mysteries of god they're going to express faith they're going to sell their property and give it to the poor they're going to even give their bodies for the lives of others But the underlying posture and motivation should not be personal gain or individualistic boasting. It should be agape love. And the following verses here, Paul's going to unpack love. And like I said earlier, you're going to have to come back next week if you want to know more about this chapter, know more about what love is all about. But for now, let's just consider the primary message of these verses. Paul is challenging the church in Corinth, and he's challenging you and me to do all that we do out of agape love. So what kind of what kinds of acts of faith or acts of service or utilization of spiritual gifts might we see in 2023 in the united church? I, I mean, I can think of a few. Financial giving maybe one or praying or attending bible study, maybe volunteering in youth or children's ministries or maybe you even go on a mission trip. You prepare food. You give your time for the administration of the church. Maybe you preach or teach. We could go on and on. But the question is not what do we do. The question is why are we doing it? Does agape love undergird all that we're doing? Is it our primary motivation? Or are these acts of faith more about recognition? Or maybe even earning brownie points with God? You see, we can do mighty acts of spiritual Spirituality, but if our motivation is not love for God, love for others, then Paul says it is nothing. What might God be saying to us this morning, as we've opened His Word together? Would you pray with me, God? We're grateful this morning for this passage. It's a tremendous passage, a passage that we've all heard before, and and the words that we've read here in these first three verses challenge us. We think of great spiritual acts. That can be accomplished, God, but we need to understand that you care about what's going on in our heart. You care about our motivation. You care about why we're doing what we're doing, not just the fact that we're doing it. And God, may we have the sort of love that you have for us. May our acts of service, may our giving, may all that we do be because we love you. Not for any sort of recognition or personal gain. God, we love you and we praise you.